yeah. A little air guitar right there. I see Gladys. She's still in her nightgown. She's got the broom up on the kitchen counter. I see you, Gladys. That's all right. That's what it's all about. Having a good time at Rosie on the house. As you know, at the 10 o'clock hour, we always try and take one particular topic and dive in deep. You know, in the 7 o'clock hour, we still haven't decided what to name it. It's the people, places, and things of Arizona. But then we have guys on like Dr. Sky, who's telling us about a star that's three-quarters the size of the sun that's destined to be on track to collide with the meteor shower that's going to shower our solar system with millions of meteors. Fortunately, it's not going to happen for one point. Two million years, but they do know it's coming. Now, so, what's to say that that whatever is going <laughs> to hit that isn't going to get hit by something else I, in that one point two no, million times and knock it off course? I don't know, but I know one thing for sure: Jennifer's hall bathroom remodel will be done by the, <laughs> <laughs> by the time it gets here. I know that for sure. So. We talk about lots of crazy things in the 7 o'clock hour. We have a lot of fun. 8 o'clock hour, uh, Romy uh, takes the reins and runs us through the outdoor living hour. He's the farmer in the family. He can make anything grow. Got a green thumb. I don't know where he got that from. I know he didn't get it from me. And you were at the All-American Seed Up, which is currently being conducted. It opened just a few minutes ago at North Phoenix Baptist. Go Bethany Home and Central. Walk in, there's 70 different seed varieties that are available. Walk by, you find one you like. Let's say you want tomato or you want cabbage or you want stuff I've never even heard of. You take your little scooper and you scoop it in your seed bag. And that each hour. seed had a card with it, so you can take a card and it tells you when to plant it and about the plant and it gives you a little tutorial on it. And, and, and this morning's 8 o'clock hour was really interesting with the couple guests you had on talking about the mistakes of plants that have become so popular. Uh, the, the sweet corn was a mistake. The particular squash was a mistake in some guy's garden. And now a seed plant in Denver sells one million pounds of the seeds every year. So I, I thought 8 o'clock was really interesting, just about the uh, purchasing and planting and storing of seeds. One factoid to take away from there is in one tomato – you have enough seeds for the rest of your life to plant tomatoes. That's well, incredible. I mean, you would have to. Oh, I I get it. You yeah. have to store it and all that. I well, know. I mean, and beyond the storing, <laughs> one of those seeds you would have to then, you know, replant Plant, that yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, and and re-sow the yes. seeds out of that. I get yeah, it. Yeah, I get okay, it. Okay. But I thought that was there's really... not enough seeds in one tomato. <laughs> to have a... I thought that was interesting. So we talked about the seed festival, which is going on today. Okay, you'll learn there are seminars on how to plant and how to store seeds. And storing seeds really kind of a very interesting topic. Nine o'clock hour went open hour, and we had people calling and asking about how do I even start a remodeling job? How do I start a bathroom job? And we even learned something from our electrician, the mighty electrician, John Bolenball. We had Matt calling with a breaker that was throwing completely to the off position. And apparently, unbeknownst to me and Romy, there is a brand of breaker that does fully throw to the off position. So we now know it's an electrical and or plumbing problem and not some prankster kid in the neighborhood getting into Matt's uh, electric panel and throwing the breaker off. So those are all the kind of dilemmas we've solved so far just today at Rosie on the House. 
Now, at the 10 o'clock hour, we go in and we take one particular topic. We write about it in our newsletter that goes out electronically every week, and then we post it on our blog. And it's ceramic tile, you know, seven steps to a perfectly done tile floor. And I couldn't think of anybody better to invite than Ralph Williamson, the executive director of the Arizona Ceramic Tile and Stone Association. Ralph and I go back a few years. Yeah, probably about at least seven or eight years. Yeah, we met at the Registrar of Contractors. Roundtable. The, the industry roundtable that met monthly at the time. Sure did. So you hardly ever missed one? I've been going there until, up, up until this year. Probably about 28 years. Yeah. Boy, we've we've seen quite a crew of registrars through the office, haven't we? There's been quite a few, yes. <laughs> <laughs> we were comparing notes just a few yeah. minutes ago. Well, Ralph, I can't thank you enough for coming down and, and joining us on the show. Uh, you helped us put together today's article about ceramic tile. What do, what do you – let's talk a little bit about your background in the industry and what you're seeing today. Well, I've been in the industry for – probably over 50 years. And what I'm seeing mostly today is the contractors are not paying attention to the newer products. It's not the old sand and cement for thin set. It's not the old sand and cement or, and colorant for grout. Uh, there's so many different types of uh, uh, grout. There's so many types of uh, thin set. And you need that particular, or should have that particular type for the job that you're going to do. And the first thing you got to do beforehand is make sure your substrate's clean. Because if it's not clean, nothing's going to bond to it. Yeah, and you're going to have a failure. And, and, you know, we see that in new housing a lot where you're running the trades through. They're on a pretty tight schedule. They're trying to get things done. And, and how many times have you walked in on a job, contractors yet to be named, but uh, the, the drywall splatter is still all over the concrete floor. The drywall dust is still all over the concrete floor. And you got guys down on their knee pads spreading thins out. And, and you, you got to remember the paint. There's usually <laughs> the enough paint, paint, yeah, paint on the floor to, to paint the next door house. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good line. I'm going to remember that one. I'm going to remember that one. So the clean substrate, for sure. Now, you were talking about the differences in materials that, that have evolved here in the last little while. What are some of the nuances of, of thin set selections? Well, you, the tiles are bigger, for number one. So the older thin sets, yeah, they could work if you played them right and, and mixed them right. The other problem is with the newer thin sets, they have different additives in it, different latexes, different fillers, and you need that thin set for that particular job, uh, especially the larger format tiles. And they have a large format tile especially for that. And, and if, if I'm a homeowner just, you know, making my rounds to all the warehouses and the wholesalers and the distributors and I'm finding a tile that I like to pick, how, how do I even go about, how do I get educated as to what the contractor should be using? Well, hopefully the counter person at that distributor, if you're buying the material, can help you. If not, find the material, and it, everybody's got an 800 number, and I can't stress <laughs> this enough. <laughs> but please use it. Dial 1-800 tech, tech department and talk to them. Uh, not afterwards, but before the job starts. 
What are you seeing go down a lot right now? The biggest uh, selection of tile now is in your wood formats. You know, <laughs> 12 by 8, uh, 8 by 36. There's some out now 48 feet long, 52 feet long, or 52 inches long. Uh, and that's the biggest thing I see now. And it's the wood simulated, whether it's the whether it's the vinyl or the porcelain or the ceramic. That's correct. Yeah. It's, it's uh, simulating the old plank flooring. Right. And I'm asked, virtually, I would say half of the remodeling clients that I go out to visit with, they say, now, Rosie, don't let me make a mistake. Don't let me pick something that's going to be so trendy it's going to be identifiable. I want something that can stand the test of time. Uh, now, I haven't asked you this, but it appears to me that this wood simulated flooring that's going down everywhere is, is going to be a very identifiable trend. Definitely. <laughs> you know, it's, it's just like, you know, you go through the periods of... Uh, saltillo. Uh, saltillo. <laughs> You go through the periods of double-fired tile with all the patterns uh, and so forth in it. Uh, I think, and and sooner or later, something else is going to come out and 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 maybe replace the plank flooring. But plank flooring right now is is the number one product. Romy, I was talking to Vaughn at East Valley Floors, and I said, "How much? How much? How much are you seeing of this?" He says, "Rosie, virtually over half of everything we're doing is the wood right. simulated ceramic." Tile product. <laughs> the first time I saw that, like everything, I'm like, man, that looks horrible. And then a couple years later, they got really good at making it. <laughs> now, man, this is sharp stuff. <laughs> they do. It looks good. It looks really good. And they are making it bigger and bigger. But that kind of that kind of increases the challenges of a good job. Well, the the reason the bad thing about getting bigger is most of those tiles are cut out of sheets. So, and every sheet will have a little discrepancy of warpage or something in it so you have to be very careful with that that's why you have to uh, make a mod the tile setter should make up a module to, uh, f we recommend at least one third offset i've seen some have to go down to 20 percent offset or even 16 percent offset so you're not lining the grout joints up in a stacked position no if you, you do need, that, you, you need the offset. You need the offset or else you're going to have lippage. You know, one tire, part of that tile is going to be higher than the other tile. And lippage is that little corner of tile that's sticking up that you'd catch your toe on. That you stick In the your middle toe of the night and, while you're going to get a glass of right. water and <laughs> one eye's open. Now, they they when, you're, when you're out there shopping, a lot of times the guy on the counter, a gal on the counter, will start talking to you. And, I, and I'm going to want to talk about this maybe after the little break here. But you hear the term rectified and non-rectified. And I want to go into the differences of that particular nomenclature. And I want to go into what other things are you seeing now. And I also want to get from you what are the tips and the tricks of when the tile job is done that I've just paid for, how what can I look at as a quality control to determine was it really done as well as it should have been done? Is this really a great job? And then the question I'm asked all the time is, Rosie, do I seal the grout? And then I have homeowners aggravated at me that they didn't give me a sealed price. Well, a lot of tile contractors don't give you a sealed price. So we're going to cover all of that here with Ralph Williamson from the Ceramic Tile and Stone Association here at Rosie on House all during this 10 o'clock hour. If you've got a question about ceramic tile or stone, give us a ring at one 767 4348 Now, if you're out and about today, 
or you're looking for something to get out and about to do. We talked about getting up to Oak Creek. Oh, man. You know, Dr. Sky's up there right now, the village of Oak Creek. You know, it's the gateway of Sedona. It's happening today. It's the Oak Creek Factory Outlet Mall. It's today and tomorrow, 9 to 5. Go. Arts and craft show. Arts and craft show. Get up there and find Chuck. Chuck. Chuck, Chuck in a truck. Chuck in a truck from Pella. He has got a special golden discount off your total Pella window and door project for you if you make an appointment today or this weekend at the Oak Creek Arts Festival. All of our Sedona listeners, if you've been thinking about replacing windows, a perfect time to go take advantage of that golden discount. Yes. So listen, y'all. Go meet Chuck from Pella. Look for the big Pella tent. Don't make a decision on your windows until you've received a quote from Pella. That sounds good. That's a finger-picking good music right there. You're tuned in to Rosie on the House, where we're talking everything stone and tile with Ralph Williamson, the executive director of the Ceramic Tile and Stone Association. Ralph and I met each other uh, while serving together on a board at the Register of Contractors. Uh, I was there probably for about the last six or seven years they were there. Ralph was there for almost 30 years. So you hit the valley in 79. You've been in trades ever since. I was in the trades back in Cleveland also. Yeah. And I, I was asking him off the air. I said, now, Ralph, you've been in the trades here that long. Uh, I, I, I've been in. I, I got in the trades about 72 as a lather uh, in the stucco industry. Right. And... Um, We've seen a few ups and downs, and I asked Ralph, in our ex- combined experience, have you ever seen a labor shortage like you see today? And my answer was never. It's unbelievable yeah. right now. Uh, it's just very difficult to find qualified in- anybody. I don't care if you're tile, or drywall, uh, electrician, plumbers, everybody needs help. Ugh. We had a gentleman write in this week. Said, "I heard your broadcast. I'm 21. I've been working at Walmart since I was 16. I'm ready to." Now, don't give his name and number up. Yeah. <laughs> He's in Tucson. Yeah. You have to recruit him yeah, to Phoenix yeah. if you wanted him. Yeah, he. I, but he wanted to know. He said, you know, "I've been working retail sales, and and I want to get in their trades." And man, you'll be a big welcome, Matt. All I can tell you is, you know, fill out your resume and just <laughs> you go to. Our website, go to find a trusted partner, put in your city, and don't select a category. Just leave it all categories and hit search. And You can pick where you want to work just, and what kind of work you – if you want to be, hi, a, if you want to be a, uh, a remodeler in Prescott, you, Tom would hire you tomorrow. <laughs> pick your choice. And the map location will show up. Just start driving each one of those uh, drop points on the map and introduce yourself. i Ready to work, ready to eager to learn. You, I, I can't imagine you have to hit four or five of those before you someone picked you up. Yeah, uh, if, you, if, you, if you had to do you, that many, yeah, <laughs> you pass a background check and show up on time. You've got half the job already tackled because <laughs> the great majority of the people we're interviewing now can't do either one of those two things. No. So, anyway, okay. So Ralph, we were talking about ceramic tile. We were talking about trends. 
Uh, it's again, it's my personal opinion. Nobody ever asks me to design anything, but the most popular floor we see going down right now in hard surfaces is the wood simulated tile product. Um, I personally believe that that's going to be kind of a trendy thing, and I don't know what's coming next, but I people ask me all the time, don't let me make a mistake, and I tell them, just be very careful with that selection. Let's talk a little bit about the 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 how to how to quality control a tile job once it's down because it, it, in this labor shortage it's even more important to know what a good and a bad job look like well there's there's a couple of things number one is the placement of the grout you can't have low grout joints and that's getting to be a big big problem from what i see and especially with the you mentioned before rectified tiles Rectified tile is a cut tile out of a out of a sheet of porcelain, and there is a sharp edge there, and that grout has to be to the top of the tile. Or when you're walking out in the middle of the night, or getting to go to the bathroom, or a pop or something out of the refrigerator, you're going to cut your feet. So make sure the grout is up high. If you some of the plank tiles have a small radius to them, then the grout should be up to the bottom of that radius. Uh, and then, of course, the lower the grout joint, the more dirt or contamination is going to you know, collect in those areas. Man, and then people, all, I always tell people, look, go to the inside corners of your rooms and see how far the grout is piled up in the corner. <laughs> <laughs> right? Well, yeah, that's, that's the excess. <laughs> uh, I, I, I Go to that inside corner. And take your credit card and lay it down and push the edges of your credit card to the baseboard and, and see if it will lay flat. I, I am just nuts over those piles of grout that pile up at inside corners. Well, you, you hit on my favorite <laughs> subject. Grout shouldn't be there in the first place. That should be a sealant to, to allow for a movement joint. On that back inside on, corner. On the back inside corners, yeah. Let, can you tile over a cracked concrete floor? I, we, I don't think we're going to have time to – yeah, we do. Go ahead. Can you tile – I don't think we do. We're not going to have time <laughs> to, to cover it in the, the thoroughness I want to cover. Because a lot of times you pick carpet up and, and you find a crack going right down the middle of this particular floor. What? Or you're ripping out a ceramic tile job because there's a crack all the way through <laughs> transcribed through the – uh, concrete slab below it. Yeah, and the cracks telegraphed all the way through the tile, yeah. so what to do now. So we're going to talk about the tricks of the trade on how to handle that. We've got Cameron in Phoenix as a question. He's on hold, and Brian as well. So we're going to take a short break. We're going to catch up with Bottom of the Hour News, and we're going to come back with Ralph Williamson from the Ceramic Tile and Stone Association. He's the executive director. He's been in that particular trade since 79 here in the Valley. Uh, we originally met, like I said, at the Registrar Contractors Industry Advisory Council. And uh, when it came to ceramic tile, when it came to grout, and the other question I'm asked all the time, Ralph, we'll have to talk about this as well. So the cracks in the floor and sealing. Do I or don't I seal? And should it be included in the price of the bid? When should it be done? And how much should it cost? All of this. If you've got a question, give us a ring at one 767-4348. Cameron, Brian, y'all hang on. We'll get to you right after the break. Bringing it back to Rosie on the house. 
Before we get back to the topic on hand, uh, Jennifer, do you know how are the seats filling up for the Baby K's Cajun cooking class? Uh, last time I checked, they were about 30, 35. Okay. Got so a little bit more time to sign up. Limit, limited seats available. That's okay. October 18th. Mm-hmm. In the evening at Char's Kitchen in Gilbert, and it, we can seat 80. So join us. We're going to have fun. A little Cajun menu. Ba- you, you join us at 7, and Baby K, my mom, the uh, famous Cajun chef here in the Phoenix area, is going to actually be there demonstrating and cooking for you. So you'll learn her recipes, you'll learn her techniques and her styles, and you get to taste her food. And if you're lucky, we'll get her to tell a joke. <laughs> yeah, I told her to bring both the clean Cajun jokes she knew. She should have a third now after last week. <laughs> yeah, that's but right. That's she's right. getting more shy in her older age. Yes, all hey, right. Well, yes. I do have some. Are we getting back to tile? Yes. I jump ahead of yes, you? yes. I have lots of people saying they're in a hurry this morning. Okay. And so just, you know what? For what? <laughs> to get to work. Beautiful whatever. outside. It is the time of day and the weekend you slow it down. Let's try to take Brian first. He he had a limited amount of time to hold, and then I'll come in with mine. Hey, very good. What what's got you troubled on your time there, Brian? Hey, Jennifer. Uh, hi, hi, Rosie. Hey, I had a question for you. Uh, I'm getting ready to close in a home, and um, I'm really concerned. And you mentioned how plank tile wood look might be out of style, and I'm very concerned about uh, having a floor that is not in style. And but the problem is, I really, really love travertine. And I understand that it's no longer in style for a lot of home builders with a lot of homes. Uh, so I was thinking maybe I could uh, get a travertine and make it look a little bit more trendy with uh, maybe a 10 by 30 kind of a plank. And I was going to have it installed in a herringbone. I don't know if I'm saying it correctly. Okay. In a herringbone pattern uh, throughout the home. And it's roughly 25 to 3,000 square feet of flooring. So I don't want to make a 3,000 square foot mistake. <laughs> Well, let me introduce you to our guest, Ralph Williamson, Executive Director of the Ceramic Tile and Stone Association. We talked about we talked about trends. We 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 both laughed at Sautia. I mean, in the in the glory days, it was all Sautia. Travertine was certainly the flooring product of the '90s for sure, in the 2000s. And it, it still is a certain respect, but I, I I've never seen a plank tile in a travertine look. But there may be something. And then the it's other, custom. they're cutting it custom for you. Yes, it's okay. coming from Mexico, and it's a ten by thirty, and it's a special order that I'm getting. Okay, special order travertine ten by thirty. And your question was what if it's going to be out of trend? Yes, if it's too unsafe. Uh, the the problem is I will be most likely selling a home. I, I thought I would forever, you know, live in a home, but I don't know if that's going to be the case. So the next person that will buy the home, I don't want them to see the flooring and and go the other way it's too uh too unique or just too out of style uh 10 10 years from now well it's always hard to tell and i am not a trendsetter for sure so it's hard to tell what's in or out but why don't you talk about some of the challenges of travertine well the travertine stone of course is the one challenge uh you do have to seal it and it takes a little more maintenance than a porcelain tile uh is it still in uh, in trend? Yes, there's still a lot of travertine that's uh, being sold. Uh, your travertine and plank look uh, in a herringbone pattern, I think would look very nice. Uh, herringbone patterns uh, are come and go. Uh, there's still a lot of them out there, and there's some being set 
not today in herringbone, with the porcelain plank tiles. So I don't think you're going to go wrong there. The only difference is, uh, and I hope nobody jumps on me, but you will have a little more maintenance with the travertine, travertine. over the porcelain. Yeah, a little bit more, for sure. It's a natural pour stone, right. so you just got to care for it a little bit differently. And then it depends, too, on what, what edge they put on there. If they put a little beveled edge, that would be better yet. Uh, than having just a sharp edge. There you go. Well, I hope that helps, Brian. We're going to go to Cameron next, but before we do, before we went to the break, I asked you to explain the process. Once I pull the carpet up and I see a crack in the floor, can I tile over that crack? What are the proper steps to take? There's a couple of things there. Number one, it depends on how wide the crack is. Then it, it would depend on the membrane that you would use. If you have an elevated crack where one side is higher than the other side, that has to be ground down because no membrane is going to handle that. So can it be? Yes. Some even get epoxied. Some uh, cracks, a uh, uh, cement contractor will come in and pin it, mm -hmm. and, and that works out well. But a lot of tiles, you know, normally where you'll see that is in the living room because they always have carpet in the living room. You pull that up and you have a crack in it. But if it's prepared properly and you use the proper membrane, yes, by all means, it can be tiled. And we tell people a lot of times when you see a crack like that, it probably would be smart. That's that's what we call conditions conducive for termite infestation. That crack is a, is a highway in. Go ahead and termite pretreat that crack before you retile the floor and just kind of set up a barrier, protect yourself. Yeah, because it is a highway because they, they come in, they'll come, and they'll, they'll even go through the membrane. Yeah. So yes, your advice there is very good. So when we're, when we're tiling the floor and we're coming up to that crack, explain to me, I've heard, I've heard the term slip sheet, uh, you know, what, what are we doing over that crack? Well, you, you can't use a slip sheet because that's not bonded, but you want to use a membrane uh, and they have some peel and stick. They have some trollable membranes. They're all good membranes. But the one thing you have to be sure of, the membrane is at least twice the width of the tile that you're putting down. And the tile cannot bond, be bonded to any part of the concrete. It can, in other words, half and half. So the whole tile has to be over the membrane. And then the rest of the tiles can be uh on the concrete and then you also most membrane manufacturers would recommend that you'll have a sealant joint on one side or the other of the tile that's covering it so you can do it you have to be careful if if it's off plane one side higher than another takes a whole nother level of preparation to get it ready for it but it can be done all right let's go to cameron who's been on hold very patiently waiting and he'd like he has a question for you, Ralph. Good morning, Cameron. Good morning. Thanks for taking my call, guys. You bet, um, man. I had a ceramic tile job. Uh, I'm a little embarrassed now to say it was the uh, wood plank. But uh, <laughs> No, listen, I, I'm just giving you my opinion, that's all. Every, like, like I told you, my flooring contractor says it's over half of everything he's doing right now. So yeah, it, it's good. It's a good look. I like it. All right, all right. Okay. Well, we had it done about eight months ago, and I'm starting to see all these voids in the uh, grout now, and they're pretty good-sized voids. I mean, maybe an inch long. I didn't know if that was a technique problem or something we're doing living in the house and how <laughs> well, I should repair it. If, it. if it's coming out in multiple areas, that means you must have soft grout someplace. 
And okay. with the soft grout, that's caused by either too much water when they mixed the grout or too much water when they washed it. We, and we if, call it self-leveling grout. You put enough water in there. It'll level. It, <laughs> it goes in really easy. Yeah. But that can be fixed. And one thing to uh, forewarn you on, if your contractor comes back to repair it, do not allow them to put grout on top of grout. Always has to remove at least 60% of the existing grout in the joint and then regrout it because grout will not adhere to grout. That's a great tip. Cameron, did you use a license-bonded contractor? I did. Okay. Well, you you have two years to approach the registered contractors, ask them to do an inspection as to whether or not the workmanship meets their standard. Uh, I would call the contractor, let them know you've got concerns. I would photograph the floor heavily. Uh, you okay. have a you have a written signed contract. Yes. Okay. I wouldn't lose that. Keep a, keep a hold of that. And if if the contractor is the least bit reluctant to come out and get it taken care of, uh, then I put a letter in writing to the contractor, uh -huh. certified, receipt signed uh, back, uh, to verify they got the letter. And if they don't respond to that, then I go to the registrar. And you have from two years from the day he finished the job to have a registrar investigator come out and take a look at it. Ralph, is there anything else you no, need to know? No, uh, but uh, by all means, it has to be repaired. So the sooner you contact your contractor, the better off the both of you will be. And uh, the hard thing it would be now is, uh, of course, you know, grout comes in dye lots. So if it needs to be repaired, uh, may, the repairs could be made, and then you may have to stain the grout so everything is uniform. And the stain just happens to be one of the better sealers the you sealers can put you in. sealers you can have, yes. <laughs> Let's talk about sealing. I'm asked all the time, should sealing be included in the contract with when a flooring contractor comes out and gives me a ceramic tile installation bid? Well, my sealers are, will get mad at me. but uh, <laughs> <laughs> Sealing, by all means, it, it helps uh, keep the stains out. If you seal, If you don't maintain your floor properly... What happens is the contamination that's on the floor or in the area will sit on top of the sealer because it's not going to penetrate the grout. It's going to just going to sit there. So by all means, it makes your floor easier to clean. Uh, it'll usually last you up to about five years uh, or more, depending on your traffic. And it's a, it's a good solution to keep your floor, especially the red, uh, like your sauces and stuff like that if it drops on it will help maintain that yeah now when can you seal a newly laid tile floor <laughs> that's a 64 dollar <laughs> question most grout companies will say three days remember one thing your grout is a cement product cement it takes 28 days to cure i personally would wait the 28 days but some of the grout manufacturers say three days. And there again, I get back, you call the grout manufacturer and ask them before it's grouted. You don't take anybody else's word. Dial 188-TECH. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I tell people a lot. Of, and, that, and that is the answer why most tile contractors will not include sealing in the bid. They, they want to finish the grout, clean the floor, and go away. They don't want to have to come back three days or 30 days later. So there's a whole 
t- army out there of just floor ceiling specialists. Well, besides the, that, I always say that there are contractors out there, tile contractors who can do it well, but I would also advise you to contact a professional floor care person that does ceiling for a living. We, we used to tell people, look, when, when you got the tile laid, tape some saran wrap over the tile and the grout. And when, the, when, the, when it quits condensing moisture on the bottom of that saran wrap, your grout's cured enough to seal. That goes back longer, <laughs> older than you and I. <laughs> but, yeah, you're, you're, what, what you're doing is you're holding the moisture in there, and then, it, of course, it makes the grout harder. Yeah. Uh, in today's world, that is not done because of the, too much time. The too much time. It takes too much time. So, Sealing the floor. What, what are we seeing on a seal rate right now? Do you know? Oh, I think you can go anywhere from seventy-five cents to a dollar and a half, uh, yeah. depending on the on the tile, the width of the grout joint, um, and if it's a first seal job or and not. If it's first, uh, yeah, because it may have to be clean uh, cleaned first. If it's just been installed, that's one thing. If it's been there for six months, uh, the contractor is going to have to go in and and clean the grout beforehand. Ralph Williamson, Executive Director of the Ceramic Tile and Stone Association. Another question I'm asked all the time, Ralph, is can I tile over tile? You bet. In fact, there are uh, systems that uh, show you how to do that. Uh, Of course, you have to make it just the same way as as a concrete. You have to make sure your tile that you're going over is solid and not cracked. Let's talk about the tricks of that when we get back with Ralph Williamson here at Rosie on the House. On a beautiful Arizona Saturday morning, we're wrapping up the final segment of our fourth hour. Talking with the Ceramic Tile and Stone Associations. I I got to Mr. sit Ralph. in one of those 14, 15 years ago. Larry Haltman of Haltman's Floor Covering brought right. me down for one specific as it related to the contractors, the tile guys complaint with the new post tension and their claim that that made the concrete too wavy to set tile on it without adding a huge amount of product cost that they'd have to re-level the floor before starting now so it was a, a joint meeting between the air the contract that the tile association and the concrete association i remember that distinctly <laughs> <laughs> but uh yes and and that sometime is a problem but the, the only problem with the post-tension is sometimes we have a curling, you know, at, 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 the, at the end of it. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, uh, that will have – but, again, I'm going to emphasize, and anybody out there knows me well enough, you have to use movement joints in your tile insulation to allow it to move back and forth at a, d- a different time than what your concrete's moving. Yeah. They're, they're similar but not identical products. No. Yeah. Okay, we were talking tile over tile, uh, the ultimate tile over tile question. Can I go with this uh, uh, thin ceramic flat tile over an old lumpy sautilla tile job? Well, (laughs) you can, but it has to be prepared properly. And the only thing that you have to think about, though, is your doors and your kitchen sink and your dishwasher because you're going to raise your floor say maybe about three-quarters of an inch. Yeah. So you're going to have to worry about your doors, especially patio doors. 
you might be up over your trim and you won't get the door out and and for sure you're not going to get the dishwasher out. that's <laughs> for sure right <laughs> all right ralph williams so thanks a million for joining us the one last question we've got here baseboard or tile first i would love to see everybody tile first again put the baseboard down because that eliminates your your uh, movement joint because you're allowing the tile to move underneath the baseboard and a lot eliminates a lot of cracking and uh tenting or, or, or cracking of the tiles and it just looks bad when people add ceramic tile without removing the baseboard and it's you know you've got the grout joint up to the baseboard so man Someone is really trying to cut some corners here and save some time. Well, you're right there because you take you, if you have a two inch baseboard and then you top, put another half an inch on there, you just get you got a little thimble of a baseboard up there, and it doesn't that doesn't look good. It, it does not. It's very you, you can tell it's a, a cheat. Right, Ralph Williamson, uh, executive director of the Ceramic Town Stone Association. Anything else we need to cover? Do we miss anything? Well, just be sure that you check out your, your product when you buy it. And also, as Rosie keeps saying every every week, check your contractor out. Check your contractor. That's con- the two big things to, to look at. And and we're not designers, so the comments we made about trends may or may not be accurate. We were kind of joking about Satya Tal. Uh, my house was built in 66, and my house is Satya Tal from one end of the house to the other. And so is mine. <laughs> so it is a good tile, and a lot of it's still being sold. Yeah, yeah. Dear old Kathy Gosnell, she she rode oh, the, she rode the Sartia tile horse Karen, to heaven, right? Yeah, Karen, Karen Gosnell. <laughs> <Yes>. Yeah. <laughs> but, and she's still with us. I didn't mean to say that she's no, not with us anymore. She's down in Mexico. Yeah, she uh, she moved a lot of Sartia tile to Mexican tile company. So, oh man, boy, those were the glory days, weren't they, Ralph? Very good days. Hey, I can't thank you enough for taking time out of your weekend to join us here at Rosie on the House. Well, it's my pleasure, and if any of your uh, listeners uh, have any questions, feel free to call us at at the office. How would they reach out to you? What's the number? The best number to reach out to me is 602-622-2401. Fantastic. Well, next Saturday, we have a great program lined up. You have somebody that's not from the state parks. It's a yeah, division yeah. run by the state parks, but it's they're just under the state parks, Arizona Historic Preservation. Oh, very nice. So that'll be our oh, it's, seven it's o'clock gonna, hour. It's going to be great. We've got a lineup of topics that are just going to be awesome. Just talk about getting out and seeing places, people, and things of Arizona. That's going to be a great hour. Eight o'clock hour, we're doing something brand new we've never done before. We rotate four specialists in the outdoor living hour. Jay Harper from the nursery and gardening perspective. John Eisenhower from the tree and arborist perspective. Greg Peterson from the urban farming perspective. And Julie Murphy from the Arizona Farm Bureau. Well, this is one of those unique months where we have five Saturdays. So we're going to have a segment with each one of them. It's just going to be bam, 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 bam. Throw all the fish in the bucket. All the fish in the bucket. (laughs) Nine o'clock hour, of course, is your open line hour. And 10 o'clock, we'll have a specialist in talking about some specific topic of the house home castler cabin like this saturday we had ralph in from the ceramic tile uh, and stone association so we'll have a specialist in the 10 o'clock hour uh final week final week if you've got a great arizona landscape or wildlife photo you think's good enough to be voted on by our listening audience to go into our 2018 home maintenance calendar 
You have one week to email it in to info at rosyonthehouse.com. And then we'll have uh, the two months of October. Uh, voting will be on our website at rosyonthehouse.com. You know, our story with Arizona Rebath goes back a long, long way. Originally formed by Kurt Kittleson, then locally taken over by Bud Simcoe, who brought the partnership with Rosie on the House together, now back with Kurt Kittleson, and now getting ready to pass on to the next generation. I mean, just the family story and history there is one really worth sharing. You can learn more about Rebath or their four Arizona showrooms in Tucson, Mesa, Glendale, or Prescott, and the bathroom category at rosieonthehouse.com. Are you a contractor here in the great state of Arizona and have been for at least five years? Are you licensed, bondable, and insured? Do you love serving Arizona homeowners and plan on making a career in the trades? If all of these things apply to your contracting business and you're interested in joining the number one referral network in the great state of Arizona, go to rosyonthehouse.com and apply to become a Rosie on the House certified partner. We only look for the best of the best, so if that's not you, no need to apply. 